Jensen, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. We are talking today about Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay-at-home order, which she ordered yesterday for three weeks. She is asking everybody, unless you really have to get out of the house to go do something essential, to stay at home, to not go to work, to not go and do other things outdoors, do not essentially interact with other people in any way. We want to hear from you about what you think about that order. What do you think? What questions do you have about the governor's stay-at-home order? Are you not sure what you're allowed to do or what you're not allowed to do? Or are you unsure whether your business is considered essential or if you're an essential employee at that business? Call us and ask those questions, and we will do our best to try to get you the information we did just hear from the governor herself about why she chose to issue this order now. She was on the show with us last Friday and said that she was not at that point considering a shelter-in-place order. She also drew a distinction between shelter-in-place and stay-at-home. And I think it's not uh, presumptuous to read into what she was just saying that there could be further orders that are more restrictive down the road. I think she is kind of taking this one day at a time, seeing how things unfold and reacting to it. The governor also said that we should expect that the number of cases is going to continue to go up for a while here in Michigan. She also drew an analogy to Italy, a country that we have all seen over the last few weeks that is really, really struggling with the number of cases, the way in which that has overwhelmed their medical system, and the number of deaths that they are recording in that country. I think uh, the governor is asking all of us to be prepared for the worst. Uh, Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Give us a call and tell us what you think about the governor's stay-at-home order. Do you think it's going to minimize the spread of the virus? Is it going to help us see the numbers uh, of new cases which are exploding each day Is it going to bring that explosion down? Is it going to bring the spread down to a more reasonable pace uh, and perhaps save lots of people's lives? And, I mean, that really is what's at stake here. Uh, Give us a call. Tell us what you think about the stay-at-home order. If you've got questions about what you can do or what you can't do, we're going to try to answer those. Uh, And joining us to help with some of those questions is Craig Mauger, who covers state government and politics for the Detroit News. Craig, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah. So you did a lot of digging yesterday after the governor's announcement into what is allowed and what is not allowed under this order. What were the biggest questions and what did you find out? (laughs) I'm still getting questions today from businesses that are trying to figure out what they have to do under this order and whether they can continue operating and if they're going to get in trouble for, for continuing to operate today. I mean, I think the big... The biggest things that I've heard from people are, you know, can I go outside and exercise? The answer is yes. Can I go to uh, uh, my local park and walk around? Uh, yeah, uh, you can do those types of things. The governor is asking people to, uh, to continue to use this social distancing and stay six feet apart from others. Uh, you can also go pick up groceries. If your car breaks down, you can get your car repaired. I mean, these are the type of essential 
uh, needs in life that you can continue to pursue. And then also the order uses kind of this broad language that, you know, if what you're doing is critical to the state's uh, fight against the coronavirus, um, you can continue working as well. And there's a lot of gray, it seems, in that. But, you know, I think they wanted to keep it um, kind of focused on combating the coronavirus and, and, and try to try to get people to, quote, make a judgment call in their minds, as one state official said on social media yesterday. Mm. Uh, you also studied other travel restrictions in states like Ohio and Illinois, which have been ahead of us in terms of issuing these kinds of orders. Can you compare what we're doing here to what they're doing there and give us some idea of what the effect has been in those states? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think a lot of businesses and some of the trade associations in, in Michigan were expecting Michigan's order to look a lot like Ohio and Illinois' orders. And those orders are kind of, uh, they're, they're somewhat specific about what types of businesses can continue operating. You know, there's a list, I think, of 25 different types of businesses in the Ohio order. You know, if you're a hotel or motel, it says you can keep offering lodging. If you're an auto repair shop, you can keep operating. Uh, these lists are, are pretty specific in the Ohio order. The order we got yesterday from the governor is much broader. It leaves a little bit more uh, up to interpretation. Instead of focusing on specific types of businesses, it's, it's more focused on this idea of critical infrastructure workers. That's the phrase it's, it's using. Are you contributing to our critical infrastructure in this state uh, in this fight against coronavirus? And if you are, you can continue operating. And if you're not, uh, you're not supposed to be operating to your normal extent. So what does enforcement look like in the states where you have these orders? I think that's one of the questions that people really have here, too, is if I don't stay at home, if I am out and doing things, what might happen to me? You know, I, I think that is I'm trying to share information that I know for sure. And that is a question that I don't think we know 100 percent yet. I mean, the governor gave some some advice on this yesterday and said, you know, businesses that are they are in violation of this order could face penalties, could face a fine. Uh, the state doesn't want people to violate this order as to how far um, state officials and law enforcement are willing to push the enforcement of that order you know, it remains to be seen. And I, I hesitate to answer what they're going to do to someone who violates this, because I think at this point, I don't fully know the answer to that question. Hmm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones here at uh, Detroit Today. We want to hear from you about what you think about the governor's stay-at-home order. We want to try to answer questions you might have about what that order means and what you're expected to do. And, of course, we also want to hear from you just about how you're doing. Uh, we continue to try to convene this forum every day as a way to connect with each other in a way that we can't anymore in the physical world. And we want to hear how you're dealing with all of that lost connection, all of the lost activity that we're all experiencing right now. What does that look like in your world and how are you managing it? 313-577-1019 uh, is always the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. 
Let's go to Kyle in Detroit to start. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey. Uh, thanks for having me on. Sure. Uh, so I just wanted to comment. Um, I hear a lot that the, the restaurants are closed, um, and that's partially true. They're closed as far as uh, dine-in, but carry-out options are still available at many places. So um, I'm going into work in about an hour. Uh, but I keep hearing that that restaurants are closed, and it's like it's not closed for me. Right. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah. um, so you work at a restaurant, Kyle? I do, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're doing carryouts more than normal, but it's still not uh, nowhere near the normal volume. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I worry as a lot of people do about restaurants in particular during this pandemic and the idea of, as you say, not shutting down, but just providing food through curbside or, or takeout. That's really not the same volume of business that many restaurants are used to experiencing. And what it means is less money in the door. And restaurants are very precarious businesses anyway. They are all operating generally on pretty thin margins. I really worry that uh, that the toll on the restaurant industry mm. and the people who work there in particular is is going to be really, really devastating. Uh, Kyle, I'm glad to hear that you are still employed and, and, and going to work. But but are you worried that that may not be able to continue? Expecting this week to hear that that might change. Um, I'm kind of surprised we haven't done more, uh, I guess, uh, like, getting rid of the gray area, I guess, is what we were talking about earlier. Like, not really totally sure what's allowed to do, what isn't. But I'm expecting this week to hear more about that. I'm not totally sure, but. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, I really appreciate the call uh, and your perspective. I want to go to a special caller that we have here today. Jen White is the host of Reset at WBEZ in Chicago. She's also a native Detroiter and used to work at Michigan Radio just down the road from us here at WDET. Jen White, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. Uh, first, tell us how you're doing through all of this uh, there in Chicago. What, what, what do things look like? Um, I'm doing well. So I live in Oak Park, which is the first suburb west of the city. And we actually went into a stay-at-home order a few days before the city proper, before it went statewide. Hmm. So we were already practicing um, a lot of what we're seeing now across the state. Social distancing, everybody was trying to do that. But in terms of restaurants being closed, um, non-essential businesses being closed, in our community that was already happening, and then it went statewide. So, hmm. you know, at this point we're healthy, we're doing well. Uh, because I work in media, I'm still going to work every day, mm -hmm. but... Um, even in our office, we're down to a staff of about, oh gosh, eight people, if that. And we're all just sort of spread out away from each other and communicating with everyone else via Slack. Yeah. Uh, Jen, I wonder if you can talk about what that order, that statewide order, has looked like over the last couple of days and what the order in your city, in Oak Park, looked like how how did how did that work and how is it enforced and is it really changing people's behavior so the way it's looked on the ground very few people just on on the street um with all of the businesses being closed and you're seeing this now at the city level too there's just not a lot of foot traffic and oak park is a place where people walk quite a bit 
So you see walkers, joggers, people walking their dogs, but people literally crossing the street to move away from one another. Um, so not a lot of interaction uh, with, with your neighbors and fellow community members. Um, so many small businesses are just shuttered and with no real idea of when or whether they're going to reopen at this point. Restaurants are still able to do curbside pickup or delivery. Um, but but it, there's a real, honestly, there's an eerie feeling, you know, driving through downtown Chicago and there's just, there's so few cars, there's so few people, the streets are really empty. Um, it's It feels it feels strange. Now, in terms of enforcement, there's been a lot of question around what enforcement actually looks like. There's sure. been a couple of anecdotal stories um, about, you know, officers telling people to go home or breaking up parties, things like that. But the sense that I have right now, just moving around the streets, is that people are pretty much observing the order. People are staying at home. People are keeping their distance from one another. Like I said, those those non-essential businesses are closed. So for the most part, from what I can see right now, people are observing the order and, and trying to, to stay healthy and, and keep their neighbors and, and their families healthy as well. Hmm. What about the virus itself and the spread of it there in Illinois and the burden on the medical infrastructure that you have. Governor Gretchen Whitmer was just talking to us earlier on the show about how Beaumont Hospital, one of the largest hospitals here in Southeast Michigan, is almost at capacity. And the number of cases is, of course, rising each day. Are you seeing a similar kind of story uh, unfold there in Chicago? Yeah, we are, unfortunately. Um, As of yesterday, we had over a thousand um, COVID-19 cases, nine deaths, and really, those numbers don't probably truly uh, reflect the number of infections that we have in the state because testing is so limiting. Right. So right now, our yeah. governor, J.B. Pritzker, is emphasizing the need for more tests. Um, there are very strict criteria right now about who can get tests. They're, they're holding them mostly for first responders. Um, or people who are in very critical condition, you have to have a doctor's order to receive a test. Like you can't just walk into an ER and say, hey, I've got these symptoms. Can I get a test? It's not how it's working here because there's just a lack of, there's a lack of, of that resource. We're also hearing from hospitals uh, a lack of PPE, of personal protective equipment. So we, on my show reset yesterday, we actually had a, a vet, a veterinarian, call into the show to say, hey, I've got some of this but I don't even know where to donate it. Can you all give me some direction? So um, over the weekend, the governor also made a call out to retired physicians and medical workers, people who had left the profession recently, asking them to come back to help, um, you know, waiving some of the the relicensing uh, restrictions to make it easier for them um, to serve because there is a real concern about the number of beds, the number of ventilators, and just the number of professionals we have, medical professionals we have, to treat critical cases. Um, there's, and there's a lot of concern just about, you know, from people who, who, have, who have the symptoms, the order they're getting right now is just to stay at home, self-quarantine, if you've got, you know, the fever, if you've got the cough, mm-hmm. 
don't come out in public, don't go into an ER unless, you know, you're actually having a, a, a critical situation. They just want people to stay at home because the more they have uh, people with, with mild to moderate symptoms in the hospital that means those critical care people um, aren't, aren't getting treatment. And then we're also seeing some restrictions on who can come into the hospital. Um, you know, if someone is it, it's like going to visit a relative who may be ill, there's severe restrictions around that right now. So they're trying as much as possible to protect people who are in hospitals, to protect medical professionals, but because there's a lack of testing, because there's a lack of protective equipment um, in our state, it's there's a lot of fear. There's yeah. a lot of fear and a lot of concern about what the next couple of weeks are going to look like. Yeah. Okay, Jen White, host of Reset at WBEZ, the public radio station in Chicago. Always great to hear from you, but especially he- great to hear your voice during all of this really concerning uh, news that we're that we're dealing with. Thanks for being Likewise, here. Likewise, Stephen. You all take good care there, okay? You too, and we'll check in with you sometime soon on how things are going there in Illinois. All right, Craig Mauger, I want to get back to you here and uh, give me an idea of, you know, Jen White was just talking about the travel restrictions there in Chicago and Illinois, the way in which people are just restricted from moving around. But what do people need to have on them here to prove that they're essential workers, as the governor says, or to prove that they're traveling someplace that they're allowed to go out on the roads? What, what's the protocol? It's it's a little bit uh, unclear to me exactly what that is for many people. I mean, if you are traveling to see a loved one, is it simply someone's going to pull you over over and ask you, hey, what are you doing? And you tell them, hey, I'm traveling to see a loved one, so I'm exempt from this. There is language in the executive order that is more specific when it comes to businesses that are allowing some workers to continue operating. And in the order, it says uh, pretty explicitly that businesses need to designate uh, either in writing or orally up until a certain date who the workers are that they employ that are critical to the infrastructure of the state or to keeping minimum basic operations going. There is supposed to be some type of communication happening um, between businesses and their employees that have to continue working about why they have to continue working and why they are the ones that are, are being asked to continue coming in. The order has that language in it. And again, that's another difference between uh, the order in Ohio that didn't have this same designation uh, information in it. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Julie on Twitter says, my daughter works at an ice cream retailer and they're staying open. How does that fall into a critical category? If you need ice cream, you can get it at the grocery store. Although uh, I, I wonder again, how those decisions are, are, are being made. Julie, I appreciate you sharing that that information. Uh, a listener on Twitter also says that the order the governor gave basically lets businesses decide if they want to stay open. So it's not really effective. Verizon, for instance, has their stores open because they are, quote, communication. These people are going to get us sick. Uh, Craig, again, this, this question about how strict the order is and what 
people will do in response is one of the things I think we're going to learn a lot about in the next 24 to 48 hours. That That is definitely true. And I think I would also you know, say that the order that the governor released yesterday points back to guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And they have guidance on their website, if you have a lot of questions about this, about what types of businesses fall into some of these broad categories. And, you know, communications is one of the broad category. And you could see the argument that people need to be able to have phones so they can communicate uh, with, with family members and maybe someone in the hospital. But mm-hmm. communication is something that you want to keep keep going in a crisis, obviously. So you could see the argument for why a Verizon store might, might need to stay open. You could also, um, in the guidance from the CDC, there is language about uh, food and beverage retailers being allowed to stay open. So, uh, you know, there are liquor stores that are continuing to operate today. And you could see, you know, an ice cream shop that is doing um, basically curbside uh, uh, sales to people uh, being allowed to stay open under that order. Um, whether there's are, there is going to be stricter guidance coming on some of these things, that's something we're going to have to watch for. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. We've got a lot of callers queued up here with questions about the governor's stay-at-home order. Let's start with Susan in Birmingham. Susan, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, I'm actually uh, heading south on 75. My daughter is visiting a friend in Cleveland, and um, what are the rules about me crossing the state line from Michigan into Ohio to go to Cleveland to Hmm. pick up my daughter? Great question, Susan. I I think normally, you know, we we cross state lines all the time and and don't think anything of it, but right now, given the, the various orders in various states, Maybe that looks a little different. Craig, what do you know about the ability to, to, to go do something like what Susan is doing? You know, I'd have to, I'd have to look at the Ohio order more uh, specifically on that question. The Michigan order that we got yesterday, individuals may travel. Uh, you know, there's, uh, of course there's an exemption for people traveling to get loved ones. So you might fall into that exemption. There's also broader travel exemptions. Individuals may travel to return home to a place of residence from outside the state. So if you're going to pick someone up and then coming home, you'd likely fall there. Individuals may also travel to leave this state for a home or residence elsewhere. Individuals may travel between two residences in this state. And uh, people can travel as required by law enforcement or court order. That's, what, that's the exact text of what the order uh, says. But there is a broad exemption in this uh, order about traveling to check on loved ones, uh, to help uh, loved ones and family members, people in need. So I, I would think you would fall there. Um, that's my initial reading of it. Mm. Susan, again, good luck on your trip. And if you run into any issues, give us a call back or send us a note on, on social media and let us know what happened and, and how you were able to resolve it. But I appreciate your calling in and letting us know about that. Let's go to Mitchell in Farmington Hills. Mitchell. Welcome Hello. to Detroit today. Yeah, go ahead. So I I think this is a good idea. I have a comment here. I think it's a good idea from the Gretchen Gretchen Whitmer um, thing staying at home because my parents were staying home. My dad was stayed home from work because somebody traveled from uh, out of the country and came back, and then I was only one that was working. Uh, last week until Thursday that I got uh, 
that my store finally closed our doors. So now my parents are relieved that um, that I can stay home from work. Yeah. No, Mitchell, I'm I'm really glad that uh, that that's working out for you, and I think. That's exactly what the governor wants everyone to be doing, right? Uh, helping their employees find a way to stay home, helping other people find ways to stay home, and and trying to stop the spread uh, of, of the virus so that we don't look, as she said, like uh, Italy has. Mitchell, I really appreciate the call and the comments. Let's go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning to both of you. You know what, Steve? Um, it's as simple as the nose on your face. Is that plain? Now, during her statement yesterday about the, um, my, my word here, the lockdown, so to speak, she said you can go out, okay? She didn't say you had to be, you know, sequestered in your home, all right? But, you know, in terms of doing what she's doing, something's better than nothing. Okay, right now, because so far, um, you know, they've obviously figured that you with more people moving around, this bug is moving with a whole lot of people. And if you can minimize that movement, you know, we'll hopefully, you know, they can do some kind of study or what have you. And you can probably start see the numbers start coming down. But, um, you know, I make it a point. You know, I'm not out long, long, but I make it a point to get out every day. You know, I do like a little bit of yard work and what have you. And I mean, just, you know, go out on your front porch or your back deck or whatever. Just stand there, get some fresh air and some sunshine. It, you know, it makes the day better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, I, I, I absolutely agree. You know, people can't sit in the house all day, every day, and stay sane, I think. I mean, you got to get out and get some fresh air. got to move around a little bit, and you're allowed to do that, as you point out. You just need to be careful about how close you are to other people and stay away from big gatherings and and lots of of interaction. Uh, We've got a question on Twitter from Orlando who says uh, he's asking about the exemption that churches and other religious organizations have from the executive order uh, which which came out uh, over the weekend, and I assume that, that that exemption extends through the new order, which was issued yesterday. Craig Monger, talk about that kind of exception to this this attempt by the governor to get things a little more in order. Yeah, I mean you're you're exactly right, Stephen, in what you're what you're saying. The, the this new order also, like the old order that provided an exemption from the penalties, and it, it was saying that you know if your church continues to gather, there won't be a misdemeanor penalty. But we still don't want people gathering uh, in groups of over fifty. This new order also provides an exemption for places of worship. Uh, when used for religious worship. Uh, They're not subject to the penalty, and the penalty here is a willful violation of the order is a misdemeanor. So a place of worship, when being used for religious worship, is not subject to that penalty even under this new order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's get back to the phones here. Rhonda and Troy. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Good morning, Stephen. Um, I have have a comment and a question. My husband and I just came back from Costa Rica on the 10th of March, so we self-quarantined when we first got home as a precaution, so we're about two weeks ahead of everybody on this staying staying at home. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make the comment that, you know, it's one of the things that's an important connection is to speak with people. 
it's not enough to just send a little text out and just check on people, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just need to hear the voices of other people. And so what I found is that it's really nice to make a make a phone call and have a connection with people live mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just a text. Um, that was one thing that I think has been really important for me as a connection to other people. And my question is, you know, with this with this uh, new executive order, which I think Governor Whitmer was exactly right on, we got to pull the Band-Aid off and get this down the path, is that what happens if your furnace goes out? What happens if your refrigerator goes out? And those are essential things. How do people handle that? Mm. Great question. I mean, are those considered essential businesses? Essentially, if you need something repaired in your home right now, can you call somebody and have them come over and will they be will they be open? Craig, uh, can you address how that yeah. falls into this this question of essential versus non-essential? Yeah, so the answer to the question is yes. Uh, the state put out some guidance to try to clarify this exact question yesterday, and they said people who are doing uh, home repairs fall under an exemption that those who provide services that are necessary to maintaining the safety, sanitation, and essential operation of residences. So if you need a plumber, if you need an electrician to come to your house, someone to work on your furnace, all of those fall under exemptions in this order. I mean, I think the order and the governor's office wants people to be able to have access to things that are necessary to keep their lives going at home uh, during the next three weeks. Mm. Yeah, uh, Rhonda, I really appreciate the call and the question there. Let's go to Art in Detroit. Art, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Art. Yes, I have a really quick question. I was wondering, uh, I run a small moving company. We have customers that are scheduled to move mm. this week. Mm. We actually canceled a move that was scheduled for the day because we didn't know how that falls and or what category did it fall under? Or, you know, can we move customers that are scheduled to, to move from one home to the next home? Right. That, that is a really great question, Art, because, yeah. of course, moving somebody brings you into close contact with, with them in some cases, and certainly their things. And I, I, I don't know the answer to, the, to that question. Craig, can you shed some light on people who are maybe getting ready to move right now? Yeah, it's a good question. It was another one that we were looking into yesterday. One of my coworkers uh, here at the Detroit News uh, looked into that question, and he told me that moving was exempt. Uh, moving companies were exempt from the order. I have not uh, personally confirmed that, but that's our understanding of it right now. There's a broad exemption in the order for transportation and logistics, and again, there's this exemption in the order for necessary things going on in, in people's lives to keep those things going. Um, that is our understanding of it right now. Um, again, uh, maybe that will change today, but that's the understanding that we have right now. Okay, Craig Mogger of the Detroit News. was really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for sharing the information with our listeners. Thanks for having me. All right, up next, we're going to talk with Detroit Regional Chamber CEO Sandy Barua, who reportedly consulted with Governor Whitmer about her stay-at-home order, about the economic impact of that decision here in Southeast Michigan. And we're going to continue to take your calls. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Dennis in Detroit, Marilyn and Annette, we will get to you next as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, I'm glad you've joined us. We're talking about Governor Gretchen Whitmer's decision to issue a stay-at-home order for three weeks here in the state of Michigan. She's asking that people who don't have essential jobs uh, stay at home and not get out and interact with other people where they might help spread the coronavirus. This, of course, has lots of implications for people's lives, for our private lives and the way that we exist in the world. But it also has real implications for businesses, which are shutting down in large numbers. And after this order, I'm sure we will see many more businesses have to close their doors, at least temporarily. Joining us to talk more about that economic implication is Sandy Barua, who is the CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber and is one of the people who consulted with Governor Gretchen Whitmer on this stay-at-home order. Sandy, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Stephen. Hope you and the kids are, are well. Yes, everyone is fine. I hope you and your family are doing well as well. Thank you. Uh, first, give me your reaction to the governor's stay-at-home order yesterday. Well, first of all, uh, I, I know the governor, uh, and I know the governor made the decision using the best advice uh, and her best judgment and the, uh, and the health and welfare of all of us uh, top of mind. I also know that she did take economic uh, considerations into mind. And I know if you're a business that uh, is about to close or has a question about being closed, uh, that's probably hard to fathom uh, right now. Uh, and I completely understand that. But I know she made it with the best intentions. Uh, the, you know, the, the public health officials are telling us and the public health experts are telling us that uh, this is going to get a lot more serious, uh, that the United States right now has a um, uh, has an infection curve that looks just like Spain's and Italy's right now. Mm. Uh, and that is company that we do not want to be in. Yeah. So I, I was talking with the governor earlier on the show, and I, I asked her about this this tension between the idea of shutting down commerce and the public health needs here. I mean, I think that is the, the the core of the narrative that we're that we're dealing with here is that if you freeze the economy, so to speak, can you maintain everybody's well-being in, in in any form? But you also have to balance that against this idea that if people are sick in large numbers and overwhelming the medical capacity. That would have an effect on the economy, too. She talked a little about that from her perspective as governor. I wonder if you can address it from the perspective of a business leader. Yeah, so let's uh, – I, I think it's important that we are all really honest with each other. There is no good answer to this crisis. There just isn't. I, I wish there was. Uh, I wish there was a an answer that would – uh, really protect public health and save lives and uh, protect our businesses. Uh, unfortunately, we are in a, a zero-sum situation. Um, many of us don't believe in zero-sum uh, scenarios, but, but this is certainly one of them. Uh, what I've learned uh, from my own research, uh, and I think, as you know, Stephen, I'm, I'm relatively close to um, health care issues just based on my family situation, uh, uh, have access to a lot of uh, you know, great thinking and uh, health care leaders, mm -hmm. Uh, one, uh, we are learning that uh, that Michigan's uh, prior to the executive order, Michigan's 
success rate in social distancing was pegged at about 25%. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they calculate that number, but they said we have about a 25% effectiveness at social distancing prior to the governor's executive order. Uh, at that rate, uh, we can expect a million Michiganders. That's a million Michiganders out of just a little over 8 million people who live in the state uh, to be infected uh, with COVID-19. And then the appropriate percentage of people of that, eight mil, uh, of that 1 million uh, dying, being hospitalized, uh, just more than overwhelming our, our health care capacity. And if that happens, then the economic damage to our companies and our state uh, would be catastrophic. Uh, weigh that against uh, the catastrophic damage that we're doing right now by having so many businesses shut down and their people staying at home. Uh, someone smarter than me has to do that math. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page. Uh, put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Annette in West Bloomfield. Annette, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good. Go ahead. Two questions. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps this gentleman or you could not answer, but construction, outdoor, five people or less. Uh, basic question. If yeah. not, the major one that I have is I am a nurse at Children's Hospital of Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know... I had it pre-approved by management and administration to, to be able to serve a meal by ordering up food. We always order it from this particular place. They would deliver outdoors. I would be wearing all the gear. They cannot come in. Is that still allowed by the governor, please? Yeah. I, I mean, I wish that we still had the governor on the line or at least Craig Mauger of the Detroit News who yeah. – has been pouring through these these regulations. I don't know the answer to those questions, uh, and that yeah, we'll try Stephen? to find. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. So, uh, yeah, this is so much easier when we do this in person. Isn't yeah, it, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the the caller is asking a good question. If I understood the caller correctly, mm-hmm. uh, she's asking if if food delivery from a food establishment can still take place. Yeah, I and think if that's so. the question, the answer is yes. Uh, food establishments are able to remain open. Obviously, uh, uh, inside seating or even, frankly, outdoor seating is not allowed. But if a restaurant chooses, uh, they can offer pickup service or start a delivery service or use Uber, uh, Uber Eats or a similar service. Yeah. That is still allowed. And the, and the question about an outdoor construction site with, like, five or fewer people, I mean, th- those are some of the... the I think smaller case issues that I'm not sure. I'm not sure we know yet what what the yeah. So uh, I I uh, I think I know the answer on that one uh, uh, only because I've I've been on the phone so much with uh, uh, well, not just with the governor you know kind of over the weekend but uh, particularly with uh, governor senior staff. Mm-hmm. But as of last evening, my understanding that uh, any kind of construction that is not directly related to, uh, you know, something dealing with kind of the immediate needs around uh, protecting public health, preserving public health, 
Uh, so, for example, if you are building uh, something that is going to, uh, you know, assist with, you know, hospital care, or if you're building a facility, a temporary facility for the assemblage of uh, some sort of critical infrastructure, like in, uh, like a, like an incubator or something like that, those types of construction projects can continue. But uh, by and large, any other construction project um, uh, is, is not allowed. Uh, that, by the way, that's not what we were advocating for. We, we believe that a lot of construction sites can easily have uh, more than adequate social distancing, uh, but uh, apparently that did not make it into the governor's order. Yeah. Uh, Sandy, we're going to run out of time, but I, I want you to talk about what you're advising businesses who are members of the chamber, and especially small businesses who I think are affected by this in a really different way, how, how to weather this time, how to survive to see the other side of this? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I, I don't want to sugarcoat this. I don't, I don't want to pretend that there's a really great answer here. But first of all, uh, for small businesses that provide a service, and you're seeing a lot of gyms and trainers and uh, uh, kind of more uh, educational uh, uh, types of services, uh, move to online services. Uh, and even if it's just to keep your name out there and keep your clients engaged, uh, that, that is a really great practice. Uh, obviously, if you're a restaurant and you haven't been uh, uh, delivering or doing pickup service, uh, it's a great way to keep at least a handful of your, your, your people uh, engaged. If you're, if you're in a retail situation or if you're in one of the businesses where you just can't find an option, uh, certainly uh, there are uh, assistance programs starting at the city. Uh, TechTown has a program, the Detroit Stabilization uh, Fund. Mm-hmm. You can get a grant of up to $5,000. Uh, the Detroit Regional Chamber is a contributor to that fund. Uh, TechTown, Ned Stabler, runs that that fund. Yes. Uh, the state has resources for small businesses. Uh, obviously, it's an online uh uh, process, you know, hard to get into right now for understandable reasons. And uh, the uh, the federal uh, agency that I used to run, the Small Business Administration, has a very good loan program. Uh, you can take a loan up to 30 years uh, at uh, 3.75% interest rate uh, with all your first-year payments waived, and you can use this for basic operations. So there's really no, uh, uh, not many limitations for how you can use the funds. Yeah. Uh, and you can uh, borrow up to $2 million yeah. uh, in this fund. Okay, Sandy, uh, as always, great to hear from you, and thanks for being here to share all that information with our listeners. Also, tomorrow we are going to talk with the head of TechTown, Ned Stabler, about that stabilization fund that they are starting there. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.